0: All right, guys. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I am joined by Leighton Latonius. He is a manager of student engagement in the Student Association and works behind the scenes on the podcast. I don't think a lot of you know that, but he is a behind the scenes. Um, this is Voice Podcast, which is designed for you and gives you an inside look on all things being a student at St. Lawrence College entails. If you hear something you like or you have a topic, idea, a guest suggestion, or anything else that relates to this podcast, uh, please let us know by Calling our extension, 1677, that is not my extension, that is Layton's and two other students, so you can call them. Um, like us, leave us a comment, that's always really, really nice, and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the upcoming federal election, which is being held on October 21st. Um, And Leighton and I are both very interested in politics in general. um, And we have a very strong, I think both of us, I'm speaking for Leighton, but both of us are very um, strong feeling about voting and how important it is um, in society and especially for younger um, demographics. So uh, today we are here to discuss that. Um, So let's get into it. I'm going to hand it over.
1: Sounds good. Let's get political. Okay. um, So on October 8th, 2019, the Student Association of St. Lawrence College hosted an all-candidates meeting where the five local federal candidates came to the school for a question-and-answer period. Um, it was pretty well attended. I would say there's about a hundred people or plus in the crowd and it really just provided our students an opportunity to hear and listen to some basic questions about fundamental party platforms and give them an idea of where um, their ideologies would lie within these parties. So the whole goal of the ACM was to kind of give these students uh, more information and get them empowered to vote. So this is just kind of a follow-up to that uh, all-candidates meeting, and today we're going to be going over some of the major political party platforms, um, who we're talking about, what they're talking about, and why it matters to you. So let's get into it. So who are the federal candidates and their parties? Well, we have the incumbent sitting Prime Minister, Mr. Justin Trudeau, of the Liberal Party of Canada. We have his uh, main competitor, Mr. Andrew Scheer, of the Conservative Party of Canada. Mr. Jagmeet Singh, of the New Democratic Party. Ms. Elizabeth May of the Green Party of Canada, Mr. Yves-Francois Blanchet of the Bloc Quebecois, and Mr. Maxime Bernier of the People's Party of Canada. So all six of these major political parties are running and trying to earn your vote on October 21st, and we're just going to break down a little bit about what they're dealing with, what they're talking about, and how it resonates to you. So let's get into it, Beth. Yeah. Um, can I
0: quickly though? On those six parties. Something to note is um, the People's Party of Canada is a new party. Correct. They've only been around for about a, about a year, correct. Or yes. so. Yeah. Um, so they are a newer party um, as well. And I think you did mention this, but um, the Liberal Party is the is the current federal government right now. So Justin Trudeau is um, right now sitting in power, and they. Um, I've been there for four years, and um, so this is a really important election. We have a brand-new party um, in Canada, which is interesting. There's six parties. That's a lot of parties, to I think, um, to choose from. I don't know, Leighton, if you kind of feel the same. That's a lot of choice. It,
1: it is, it, it, but I think it's a good thing. You look at... Um the political climate to the south with which our neighbors you've got the two-party dominant political platform and i think i think choice is Mm -hmm. is a good thing for people and there's more than two options so so just remember that when you head to the polls on the the 21st that you have more than two options guys
0: yeah lots of options all right roll into it layton so
1: the first first kind of platform that we're gonna we're gonna target and kind of uh combat right now is um an issue that's near and dear to all of our hearts and that's climate change so what exactly are all six of these parties doing, and how are they going to combat it moving forward, and how and how, and why does it matter to you? So I'm going to be talking things like the carbon tax, which the Liberals have implemented. Um, I believe it's a, uh, it's a tax um, based on the amount of carbon that a corporation or a company would emit. I believe you start paying after emitting somewhere around 20 metric tons of CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, A lot of other parties, however, are planning to either scrap that or move on or implement some sort of other um, climate change combatant issue. So why don't we break down? What are the Liberals promising to do, and okay. how are they going to do it?
0: Okay, so um, I am going to refer to um, this guide. This is a CBC News guide. It's a wonderful resource for anyone. We are going to link that description um, below for anybody who's interested. It's it's quite long, but it breaks down every single party's platform on different issues, and that's what we're going to be referring to today. Uh, so so thanks, Layton. The Liberals um, have set a minimum carbon price of $20 per tonne for this year. That'll increase $10 per year. Um, to $50 per ton um, by the year 2022. Um, and they impose a carbon tax on businesses and individuals and provinces with no federally approved carbon ta- like plan. So basically, if your doesn't have its own carbon plan, the federal, the liberal federal government will impose a plan on you. Um, so they've kind of taken that on. And those provinces, so um, Ottawa is handing back carbon tax rebates to most residents, so you will get rebates on that to residents. The tax has faced ins- unsuccessful court challenges from several provinces, and that's due to if a province doesn't want to put in place their own. Uh, carbon tax they don't feel the federal government should have the ability to come in and kind of do that so that's what the liberals are looking at Um, so that does help get us closer to um, some emission goals we'll talk about some emission goals as well Um, conservatives have called the liberals carbon tax ineffective. Um, they will repeal it so the party this party would leave it to the provinces to decide it's almost the opposite, yeah. <laughs> um, and they'll let the the province decide if they want to put a price on on carbon. Um, they have promised to reduce carbon emissions by investing in green technology. Um, so any businesses who um, their their models are designed around green technology, um, and they they're trying to use those to better themselves and and. and increase their business models um and um, they haven't explained yet how that will be implemented but that's one of the big pegs of their party um i'm going to roll into new democrats and then we just have a kind of discussion at the end here New uh, Democrats are in favor of continuing with the current carbon tax um, and the rebate program. However, um, they want to crack down more on heavy emitters. So they would like to see those who produce the most emissions to have the biggest burden. So yeah. tax higher taxes on the biggest polluters. So that would be large, um, large businesses, um, people in manufacturing. Yeah. That would be huge in the manufacturing sector, I would assume. Um, and big industrial emitters as well. Uh, The Bloc is in favor of a carbon tax, but argues a liberal plan doesn't go far enough. It wants a tax of $30 per ton on greenhouse gases in provinces where emissions per capita are higher than average. So, Alberta, you know, they're a huge um, emitter because they do a lot of industrial and a lot of manufacturing, a lot of taking things out of the ground. Um, so they have a huge uh, emission rate. Um, so this would increase to $200 per ton by 2030. So that's a huge jump. Um, the charge wouldn't apply in greener provinces like Quebec. So that's some important to note. Um, green, obviously. So Elizabeth May supports the carbon tax saying putting a price on carbon has been one of the cornerstones of the Green Party um, of their policies for years. Um, that's been a big... Uh, thing that they have, they've been a huge proponent of this for a very long time, Um, but says it alone is not sufficient um, to meet the targets. So um, they'd like to double um, the targets that are in the Paris accord. And if anyone doesn't know what the Paris accord is, it's an international accord that sets targets for countries um, around the world. Um, You can Google that, go online, look that up, um, and you can see what every country's targets are. Um, I believe Canada is at about one6 in in that um, area. I may be wrong. You can look that up. Um, And then finally, the People's Party. Uh, The People's Party plans to get rid of the carbon tax. So um, the Conservative Party and People's Party both um, say they will scrap the carbon tax, citing an increased cost for business and the threat of job loss. Instead, it plans to allow provinces to reduce emissions through their own programs. So similar in some ways, the Conservatives and People's Party scrap the tax but allow the provinces to control it.
1: Right. And what's interesting to me is the PPC, the People's Party of Canada, while they don't deny the science behind climate change, they are staunchly opposed to the alarmist or the hysteria that is going around with climate change. They don't see it as an immediate, um, implementable, worrisome problem. That's right. And that's interesting to me, Beth, because... Every every other party, there's there's thousands of scientists out there that say this is a real issue and we need to take action now, if not 10 years ago. And yet here we have a federal party that is running saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not that big of a deal. Let's all calm down. We don't need to radically change our economy to to fix this because yeah. they're worried that if if we do, we are going to lose yes. uh, industrial sector jobs. Absolutely, and, and that, that's a valid point. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just interesting to see how they took that stance, and uh, I I believe they have taken some hits in the polls for that. Yeah. Um. I think the younger generation, with with the eighteen to thirty year olds now being the largest block of voters, they they recently surpassed uh, baby boomers for being the largest population yes. for, for voters. Yeah. So we'll see how that resonates with the uh, with the younger generation. It'll be interesting to see here.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, a big a big part of the conservatives and the People's Party of Canada, um, is that they are handing that responsibility 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 to private sector basically and the uh, provincially and to the private sector so they're really relying on um, individual businesses and companies to be sustainable and to um, do that themselves instead of putting in policy um, provincial wide or federal wide that controls that so their take on it is just very different they're saying no the people need to make those decisions and they need to implement those things it's not coming from our body Um, so that's just an interesting take on that um, I, I just want to quickly mention um, a couple other things. Um, so the Liberal Party, one of the other important things to note for them is um, they would like to phase out coal power by 2030. That's an interesting one. Um, and that will help get them to the Paris Agreement or the Paris Accord goals um, that they have pledged. <clears throat> uh, they pledge a net zero emission by 2050. Uh, And they want to um, end inefficient fossil fuel subsidies and protect a quarter of Canada's natural land and ocean habitat by 2025. Um, So those are some big promises Mm -hmm. in the liberal platform. Um, The NDP, uh, they want to cut our greenhouses uh, to 450 megatons by 2030. It would cost about $15 billion of retrofitting buildings and creating climate banks. Um, The Green Party, theirs is, I find interesting as well. If you look at, oh, sorry, guys. If you look at the Green Party, it's just my emails. Um, If you look at the Green Party and some of the things that they, um, their policies, they're very holistic policies. They kind of all work together. Um, So Greens aim to reduce emissions to 60% below our 2005 levels, um, doubling Canada's current Paris Agreement, so doubling that, which is big. um, And they want to hit a net zero emission by 2050. Um, The party would ban fracking and imports of foreign oil and oppose fossil fuel projects. It says it would end fossil fuel subsidies within a year. Um, Mm, So that's that's a big promise Um, and that would it it, it would be costly Um, so those three very very interesting and then when you look at um, the Conservatives and the People's Party they again more aligned in this area Um, they are still the Conservatives are still committed to meeting the Paris Agreement target but would axe the carbon tax that we just said Um, they would propose replacing a policy taxing heavy emitters with requirements that they invest in clean technology which was what we kind of talked about they really put it in the hands of businesses to for them to to invest th- there um and then people's party i will get to the block in a second because theirs is very different um like he's not convinced that it's it's He agrees with the science, Maxime Bernier agrees with the science, that there's science to support it, but doesn't believe there's a threat or a crisis. Um, And he has said that they would actually um, most likely withdraw from the Paris Accord um, and get rid of green subsidies and ditch unrealistic greenhouse gas emissions. If you watch the debate a week ago, one of the things that he did say is that um, there has to be realistic goals, and that's a big part of their policy uh, and their platform, that there has to be realistic attainable goals. And the blog. The Bloc is committed to meeting the Paris Agreement targets um, the, and examine exceeding them. It, it opposes building pipelines or investing in fossil fuel projects. We've just built a massive pipeline in Canada over the last couple years. Right. Um, the party proposes using money saved on subsidies to promote clean energy. It wants Quebec to have a veto over any pipeline that would run through their province. Um, so yeah, climate change is huge. I think it's going to be a big one. I think it's going to be a big thing.
1: Well, at the All Candidates meeting I was discussed last uh, a few minutes ago, that was the biggest issue that our students brought forward to us. And rightly so. We've been hearing about it and listening to, to the science now for, I want to say, a decade or two. And in my opinion, I think, I think time for talking I- is past. I think it's time for clear, concise, actionable goals. And... One of the things about the Paris Accord that kind of bothers me, Beth, is it's not legally binding. Yeah. So countries yeah. can withdraw at any time without any penalty. So it, it, yep. what, what's the real purpose of the, of, the, of it? You know what I mean? It, yep. It's good, and it's it's good for show, and it means well. But if, if a country can simply withdraw with no repercussions, then did That's it really right. meet its goal. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I think it was one of those things It was... When it, I remember when it happened, it was a huge, huge deal that we there were so many countries who were willing to be a part of it. Um, but as time has gone on, it's it's been leveraged poorly. Um, and I think a lot of com- uh, countries actually leverage it for the wrong reasons um, and use it as a way to like, you know, we've seen countries withdraw from it because they there's an unfairness, they believe, to their own countries, but they happen to be the biggest emitters. Um, So there is a lot of um, back and forth on the Paris Accord and the Paris Agreement. Um, I think sustainability and climate change are huge, and I think if you are engaged in anything in um, in, in your world, if you have an interest or you find that important, these policies are important to review. I believe that over the next four years, we have to see drastic change. This is my personal view. And I think whoever is elected has to has to take that on over the next four years. So I, I believe this vote is big on, in that area. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, um, let's move on. Uh, can we go to childcare? Sure. And, okay. Sounds
1: good. So what are each of the five or six major political parties um, planning to do for benefits, childcare spaces, after school, daycare, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So... Um, as different a mother, things. you can kind of speak on this a bit more than myself. Yep. Um, so I'm interested <laughs> you don't have any kind of kids, <laughs> <maybe>? <laughs> No. <laughs> not yet. Not yet.
0: Um, uh, yeah, lots of different things happening in child care. For me, um, this is huge for me, and I think for a lot of our students, this is big. Um, we have so many students who come back to school or are here studying who have children, um, and they require child care throughout the day because their schedules are... are vast and varied yeah. um so i think this is a big one um for a lot of canadians so um one of the biggest things that i was looking for in a lot of the platforms was increased spaces in in childcare, um more availability in kingston you can wait on wait lists for yeah. a very long time um to get even a spot and that would be at a actual daycare, not home providers, um, but actual facilities. You can wait on wait lists forever. So Liberals, um, they're looking at increasing the Canada Child Benefit by 15% for families with kids under one. So the Canada Child Benefit is a monthly benefit that um, people receive who have children. Um, and that benefit is um, a monthly payment from the government. And it comes to you by check or right to your bank account. Um, it is based on your annual income. Um, and that benefit can <clears throat> is, it doesn't need to be used in a specific way but it is there really to support offsetting child care or uh, resources for your children or things that they need Um, and the liberals I think I I may be wrong I think they've said that in the last year alone they did some changes to that benefit and they've raised uh, or lifted over 300,000 people out of poverty just with that benefit alone. Um, so it is is a benefit that does help a lot of people, obviously. Yeah, kids are expensive, man. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they want to raise it 15%. They want to make uh, parental benefits tax free, um, and they've pledged up a 250,000 new childcare spaces. Um, so that's a that's a big promise. Um, the NDP, similar, um, they would commit a dollar a billion dollars to affordable not for profit childcare and. 2020 so investing money in the system and they would increase that amount yearly they plan to create 500,000 new child care spaces another very big promise yeah. um conservatives um they've pledged to maintain liberal initiatives so basically what we have currently uh, it would continue with the Canada Child Benefit and increase social transfer payments by at least three percent every year, um, which helps provinces and territories finance childcare and early learning. Um, and Andrew Shear made a new promise to make EI benefits for new parents tax-free. Um, the block they haven't released um, as of as of. This publication had not released a policy, a specific policy on this issue. Um, it's not an issue in Quebec. Um, Quebec childcare in Quebec, I think, is under three or four dollars a day for children. They have a they have a pretty unique system probably in Quebec.
1: Probably one of the best in Canada. They uh, sure. truly
0: probably do. Yeah. Um, it is childcare is inexpensive there. They've created a really really um, comprehensive system for childcare. Um, so mostly why you probably don't see a huge policy or platform on this, um, and they. We have a huge subsidy program happening there already. Uh, the Green Party wants a universal child care program with an emphasis on creating childcare spaces and workplaces it also plans to create a chi- children's commissioner an advocacy role to ensure our children are considered in government policy I love that that's something that I do like um, I think an advocacy role for children is so important um, so they put an emphasis on child care in the workplace they will increase uh, it's not in here but I have seen that they will um, invest heavily into the system but the NDP and the liberals are, are boasting the biggest plans. Yeah. Uh, and the People's Party, um, at the again, at the time of this publication, had not released a policy on this issue. Right. So that's where we are on child care. Um, personally, I think that um, we need some help. In yeah. child care for somebody who has, who has two children. and
1: Sorry, give, give our listeners a background. How, how old are your kids?
0: I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, a wild two-and-a-half-year-old, and a 10-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah. So one is in school full-time. One still requires daycare. Um, my my littlest one goes to a home daycare um, with someone that we've known for a very long time. So we're very lucky. Um, but I pay over $800 a month in child care, yeah. like just myself. That's crazy. Um, and that doesn't count uh, driving... Yeah. Um, they are picking up throughout the day and there are certain times that you can get your children. Um, My job here in the Student Association is, it varies. Last night I was here till 7 p.m. I had an event. Um, So it's hard. It can be very challenging and it's for a student. When I was a student, it was hard because your schedule is even more wonky. Yep. It can be kind of crazy. Um, and on this campus, as you know, we have classes running till into the evening.
1: Yeah, I think classes go till 8.30 at night here now. So, yeah, yeah all so over the map.
0: it's an issue mm-hmm. um, for working parents, working moms and dads, um, and working students. You know, I think it's the same. We all have that struggle. So, I think a system that has a little bit more flexibility accommodates different schedules, and it's accessible. Yep. Um, and the cost is high. Um, So I think that, for me, is a big one. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you want more information about that, go online, read more about it, and really look at those. But those are the basics of what kind of the parties are looking at right now. Okay,
1: good. All right, moving on. Um, An issue that is near and dear to all of our hearts, again, is education. Um, Most of you watching will be students of St. Lawrence College or involved some way with SLC. Yourself and I are both graduates Mm -hmm. of St. Lawrence College, so we have a a slight educational background. And I don't know about you, but I I got OSAP to go to school. Mm -hmm. A lot of you and and perhaps... Still paying it back. Yeah, exactly, right? So the issue of student loans, grants, and programs is big. Canada is one of very few um, social... Um, democratic countries in the world that does not provide free education for its students. That's right. So, for example, um, some European countries, it's free for everybody. I know in Germany you can just simply walk over there and uh, you can enroll in a university... um, College or university or college program yep. completely funded by the government yep. so um, it's interesting how they're able to do that and it's interesting to see how or if or why that would even be implemented in Canada
0: yeah it, it, and that's such an interesting point um, Germany is one of those countries there's many European countries um, that do that Germany specifically funny enough um, they put a huge incentive to students to um, uh, work in the trades yeah um, trades is a huge um, piece of their educational system in Germany, and it's actually, this is just a side note, um, people who work in any of the trades are actually distinguished. Um, they That, to them, is a very um, honored position Interesting to get into that kind of uh, level of education, and they put a lot of, um, there's incentives to do that. So their system is very different than ours, um, and I think at the end of the day, being able to provide that type of, like, that kind of program is it's they don't have more money it's how it's spent right. and it's prioritizing it mm-hmm. it's how it's prioritized so um all right let's get into it so liberal um and I'm starting with liberal every time only because they're the first one <laughs> on the sheet um so liberal proposed making a student loan interest free for 2 years after graduation i think currently it's um, the six month, but that may have been changed. I don't know in the with the Ford government. I'm not too sure I'm not sure you can maybe look that up. I but do think
1: it was changed. I think I it's th- smaller now even two months. Yeah months, Or maybe even uh, None. not at all, it okay. might be not at all. Um,
0: Maybe look we'll look into that and if we have information we will link it um, below if we can find an article on that um, So liberals have proposed making student loans interest-free for two years And now this would be the federal por- portion of yes. your of your loans Yeah. That's important to note. Um, so for two years, um, and they wouldn't have to pay until they earn over thirty-five thousand annually. They also propose allowing parents to pause loan payments with no interest until their youngest child turns five. Okay, I didn't. I haven't seen this. Um, it plans to boost the maximum Canada student grants for full-time students from three thousand to forty-two hundred. Uh, conservatives have promised a boost to the Registered Education Savings Plan, so RESPs, raising contributions from 20 to 30% for every dollar invested up to $2,500 a year to a maximum of $750 a year. So, big difference there. Um, leader Andrew Shears backed away from tax credit for parents who send kids to private and independent schools. Um, the NDP's goal is to work towards free university and college tuition. To get there, they say they'll work with provinces and territories to put a cap and reduce tuitions. The party says it will eliminate federal interest rates on student loans and put more money into Canada student grants. It also wants to expand the education benefit for veterans and implement a national school nutrition program.
1: Interesting. Mm. Interesting.
0: You know, I think a lot of kids go to school hungry. I think oh, that yeah. is a problem. Right. <laughs> um so that's an interesting one. Uh, the Bloc wants larger transfer payments to provinces and territories to help pay for education and finance more university research. It also in favor. It's also in favor of building a Francophone University in Ontario, a project the province cancelled last year but is now pursuing it again. And our uh, PPC leader Maxime Bernier feels the federal government intervenes too much in education and calls it provincial jurisdiction, but he has yet to outline exactly what he would do to change the current system. So not a lot of policy. Again, people's Party of Canada was a newer party so I think a lot of their policy wasn't updated on this but you could probably if you search that find something I don't think you spoke too much about it in the debate either not
1: really no the PPC they were only I think ratified last year and they only currently have one seat and that was because party leader uh, Maxime Bernier crossed the floor from Conservative and he formed right. the PPC. So that's the only
0: reason. So it's just important to note yeah. that. Um, so a lot of different things happening um, in uh, education. A lot of things to note are students in Ontario, um, You do your OSAP program is a provincial program, and the most of the money you receive from that is on, is provincial money. Mm-hmm. So when they're talking about any of this, it's federal money. Um, I think some of the things I see here are, you know, are good I I would personally think that we could do a lot more in general the NDP goal of free university and college tuition we just talked about is great um, but that's a that's a lot it's of expensive yeah that's and the thing. it's an overhaul of the entire yes. system yeah. so that has to be something that I would need to see more details on like that's a lot yeah. of work i think it would be great but to do that over four years would be a huge promise
1: and, and just just the complications that go along that so let's say you, you make it free for everybody yeah what about somebody who graduated six ten years ago and is still paying off student debt do Absolutely. They, do they now get that debt is it washed? exactly yeah. so and i understand you know um a lot of our older uh listeners in the older generations Paid for and went to school themselves. Yeah. Is, and, you know, they're probably sitting at home wondering, why is it fair for my tax dollars to go to free education when I didn't get yeah. it myself? And it's a completely valid point. It so, is, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a tr- tr- tricky a subject tricky for sure. It's um, a tricky one. I'm of the personal belief that saddling your youngest and brightest students with mountains of debt when they en- when they enter the workforce is not conductive to society at no. all. I think these people, these students, need to be entering free of debt or at least somewhat free um, so that they're not, you know, going into into the workplace trying to buy a house and start a career with a yeah. hundred thousand dollars in debt it's yeah. just it's not conducive to starting your your no. it sucks your career. oh for sure it sucks yeah.
0: every time my osap payment comes out of my account i'm like a little bit of peace uh, goes uh, with it. Yeah. it's the worst <laughs> but like i mean you gotta do it but i but then i also i agree with you lady but then i also am somewhat i think you know if I had couldn't have got OSAP, I couldn't have gone back to school. Yeah. There would have been no way at that point in my life that I was financially stable enough or prepared to go to school. Like I didn't have anyone who was just going to hand me over tuition. Sure. Um, and I'm so lucky that I was able to go to school because it, brought me here, I finished and I got this job and I have a wonderful, wonderful job. I work with great people and I'm so lucky. So there has to be a balance. If you're gonna provide free schooling to people, the entire education system has to change. Yeah,
1: And that's a good point, Beth. just how lucky we are. Oh, yeah. To be able to go to um, an education system and platform that we have in Canada. Yeah. Um, just remember just how lucky we are yeah. to be able to get oh a my gosh. secondary education. Totally. Yeah, absolutely, so.
0: yeah. So lots of different things in education. Um, like liberals and democrats seemed uh, le- the. NDP and the Liberals seem to be investing a little bit more, increasing some of those grants. Um, conservatives, um, looks like they're increasing more of the um, RESP portion of, so investing in your own education, right. increasing some of those limits, which are interesting. Um, so, yeah, lots of stuff there. Again, look it up if you have any more questions about that. Um, oh, I didn't do green.
1: Oh, we missed the greens? Oh, I can see L from the corner of my eye. Sorry, head. guys. Sorry, Elizabeth May, we'll get you.
0: I'm I'm on it. Um, (laughs) So Green wants to get rid of university and college tuition and forgive any existing federal student debt. So there you go. There, yeah. The party wants to make sure all Indigenous students have access to post-secondary education while expanding curriculum on Indigenous education overall. Yes, and I knew this, and that was something that I found interesting. It would boost funding for training new immigrants in English and French and support a national school lunch program.
1: Sounds great. Going to yeah. cost a lot. Going to cost yeah. a lot of
0: money. Um, and But again, if you read this policy, what I again, about the, a lot of the green policy and platform, it's very, um, it relates to other things. When yeah. you read their policy, it, it relates to other pieces. Um, you know, we're talking about school lunch programs, and we're talking about immigrants, and then we're talking about our indigenous communities and how there's going to be benefits there. So I find their policy very different in that way. Um, it's a different way that we look at that normally um so a little bit different so um yeah they're they're looking for a lot of um changes as well not doesn't look like a lot of um more investment in or providing higher loans or grants but it but in general like wiping away debt um and then and starting new programs and resources at, at that level so all right um I think we we went through education. Okay. We can go on to the next one. What are we on?
1: So we're moving on to healthcare. Healthcare. So, um, pharmacare training, medical equipment, resources—all kind of things that fall under that healthcare umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, we're lucky enough to live in Canada, where our um, the majority of our healthcare expenses are taxpayer funded, unless it's um, unfortunately something like a. Uh, a bone marrow transplant or anything that's kind of uh, yeah. above and beyond your basics like that. Um, and a- again, just another issue that is, is huge and probably costs the same, if not more as free education. So that's the thing about government guys. It's, uh, it's expensive to run a country. So just it keep is. that in mind, right? <laughs>
0: it's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple different things in these platforms, um, kind of jump around into different areas. Um, I, th- I personally think our healthcare system needs uh, a lot of help. Um, I, n- I know that they work very hard in our healthcare mm-hmm. system, and it is um, not always the classiest job, and I don't think they get a lot of thanks. And I yeah. think um, the people who work in the front lines in healthcare are some of the best Absolutely. people in the Shout world. Shout out to healthcare workers. Like, honestly, rock. you know, yeah. like when you're a parent and you bring your sick kid and they are kind to you and, and are helpful, yeah. like, you remember how. Hard that job and must that's be. That's a nurse
1: that's been on her feet for ten straight hours oh and gosh. still able to smile at you. At the exactly. End of the day. So, yeah, kudos, I think kudos.
0: we totally, and I think yeah. we need to um, recognize that a little bit Absolutely. more. Um, anyway, so we have a couple different things. Um, uh, liberals promise to take a big next step toward a national pharmacare program. Um, They haven't provided a lot of detail on that, though. Um, They are promising a 3% annual health transfer increase with more funding for mental health, addictions, um, and home care programs. And they plan to double the child disability benefit. NDP they want to expand the current model oh right to include mental health dental eye and hearing coverage so making the basically what OHIP covers us currently plus a federal program that would just kind of Make blanket blanket right. af- for everyone um they also propo- propose the pharma care for all um Covering Health Canada approved drugs by late 2020, um, this will cost an estimated $10 billion annually. Uh, and this is cheaper than the plan um, being put up by the Liberals, so they say. Um, they want to re- uh, lose some restrictions on medical assistance and dying, which is a hot topic. I don't think we'll go there, but that's something that is part of their policy. Right. Uh, Greens are promising to boost funding to train doctors and nurses and expand midwife programs. They want to extend healthcare coverage to include universal pharmacare and dental. Um, they also say every can- Canadian should have the right to a living will to limit or deny medical treatment. Um, and to address the opioid crisis, they would decriminalize all drug possession. That's really yeah, kind of like
1: uh, the Portugal route
0: basically yeah and that was only that how long ago was that that oh it's
1: been about a decade now 10 years um and they've had they've had quite amazing success so it'd be interesting to see how it'd be implemented and how it'd go
0: here yeah i'd actually that reminds me i'm gonna look that up um because i i know that they've had a dramatic decrease um, in criminal anything criminally yeah. related to um, opi- opioids or drugs in general yeah. um, but that's um, very far from where we are now so that's yeah an and, and, and
1: they've Portugal again they've done a great job of doing that if if you're caught with a certain narcotic that is over what would be considered a personal amount um you don't go to jail, you go to counseling. Okay. So they sit you down and they say, why are you doing this? Are you okay? Right. Can we get you help? And it's it's a big step in the mental health aspect yeah. of it, which I think is huge. Right. So which taking I
0: think that money that you would be using. To incarcerate
1: this person for 10 plus years. For programs to, and resources. To help them get better. Right, right. Because uh, as we know, addictions, it's a disease. Yes. So yeah. people Interesting. need Interesting. Right? Yeah, people I'm going to
0: make a note of that. I'm going to look that up. Mm-hmm. Just for my own. Yeah interest um, conservative party have also pledged to increase health transfer payments by at least 3% annually and uphold other parts of the health accord they have div- dismissed dismiss pharmacare instead focusing on those not covered provincially or at work um, they have promised 1.5 billion to buy more mach- m- machines um, such as MRIs and CTs mm-hmm. um, and expand eligibility for the disability tax credit which is awesome I think resources are scarce and I think that's a, a big one like yeah. that's very like we need to invest in yeah, um, the equipment Getting equipment that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for
1: sure um,
0: bl- the block has uh, warned Ottawa that Quebec needs more money if a national pharmacare program is to be implemented they also argue Quebec should be compensated for the cost of drugs which according to the party will go up significantly if and when the new America free trade deal is enacted so that's a whole other bag of issues uh, yeah. um, but they're basically saying that the prices are going to go up based on um, import-export rules that are potentially potentially shifting and changing for Canada and US Uh, and the PPC um, too much they believe that there's too much federal meddling in the health um, care system and they're proposing making a province and territories fully responsible for funding and managing health services to do that they would replace the federal health transfer with tax points allowing provinces to raise their own money um, and The leader Maxime Bernier also wants more options for private healthcare, so more of a privatization um, look at healthcare, which has been talked about for a very long time um, in Canada, and we haven't seen anything happen quite yet. But um, that's been a discussion happening. So um, lots of different things on on the healthcare front, um, but I think we we need just more investment. From my personal opinion, it's just more investment in the entire system
1: yeah and and what is interesting to me is canada's aging population yeah the majority of canada's citizens are i think in the 45 plus age range yeah and as they shift into retirement here in the next decade um they will go from a paying job where they're paying income tax to now they're drawing on yeah. their pensions absolutely and it's going to be a huge a huge burden and yeah. um that's why the younger generation is so important because they need them to get stable jobs so that they can be able to pay to support these people. Absolutely, right? and be sense. available and to be support available. them. Yeah, right. exactly. Um,
0: it's all—it's so—it's yeah. all intertwined, right? If mm-hmm. you start looking at a lot of these things, they all rely on each other. So, um, anyway, that's a big one. Um, can we go, Layton? Can we go to Indigenous? Let's do it. Okay, let's sh-
1: let's shift the gears all here. Right. So Indigenous, uh, why do you want to jump?
0: I just i i just wanna i want to do this one because I, f- I think it's important and i want to make sure i think i don't want this to be like a, a super long um, episode but i think this is important and i think it's important to our students on our campus uh, it's important to me Absolutely. Um, and i think it's been a uh, something that's been talked about a lot in this election and i think it's important that we have a discussion about it today and um, i just want to focus on it that sounds good okay so. Indigenous communities, I mean, we have indigenous communities close to us. Um, we have an indigenous center in our campus. Yes, uh-uh. it's gorgeous, by and the way. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, shout out to Jesse down Jesse, yeah. indigenous center check it out it is down um on the other side um, of the new build so past the athletic desk just around the corner there um and it is it's wonderful they do tons of events um we go down there all the time when they're doing different um, crafts and um, hang out and try to be part of it so um there's a huge um a spotlight on um, indigenous communities right now and there has been um, throughout this federal election there's been a lot of discussion about different things that are happening in those communities and things that um, the entire like all of Canada basically we all need to do yeah. um, and focus on so um, some of the things the liberals have um, talked about is their commitment to reconciliation while brushing off criticism of their policies um, which is included in the Trans Mountain p- Pipeline you know that was a it's a, Thing yeah. <laughs> they they built this massive pipeline. Um, you can Google that, and there's a lot of information about that pipeline and where it was located. And um, that was a big issue last year. Yeah, where yeah. it was actually located. So um, they promised to fully implement the Indigenous Languages Act and the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, and give at least five percent of federal contracts to Indigenous-owned businesses. They are seeking judicial review of First Nations child welfare compensation that came out just recently. Um, I believe believe that was I think it was the Human rights tribunal who yeah. reviewed that um, and they basically have said that there's a list of children who should be awarded compensation based on their treatment in the education system and that was recently reversed and and uh, I think I think the Liberals are are Saying we want it reviewed, I don't know if it was reversed, we should look that up, right. but i don't I do know the liberals have said well wait a second, we need this looked at because it's yeah. a lot of money yeah. um but basically that's what they're saying here they want a review of of that um and that's something that i mean yeah it's it's hard for me to, to it, it to look it's it tough up.
1: i'm I have a few indigenous uh friends who are close and dear to me um And I just want to say, for it being 2019, we are one of the richest, wealthiest, most well-off countries in Mm -hmm. the world. It is absolutely unacceptable, the living conditions that some of these Indigenous peoples live in. They don't have clean water. water, They don't have roofs over their head. They don't have heat in their homes. And this is Canada. This is not a third-world country. This is Canada. And it's just it's deplorable, some of the conditions. It's absolutely embarrassing. And I think... Um, I'm all for making these uh, living conditions much better for these indigenous
0: people. Absolutely, yeah.
1: They they, they completely deserve it.
0: And I think some of the platforms are looking at that, but, um, like, I I just read the liberal one, they've, you know, they've said they would pledge and look at policies that They should be governed by, which is important. Um, I think we need more, personally. Um, NDP wants to develop an action plan for reconciliation based on the Truth and Reconciliation Commissioners Report um, and the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Both of those reports you could look up online. They're accessible online. We can also link them in the description. They would also create a National Council for Reconciliation, and they promised to implement all recommendations um, from the inquiry on on drinking water on uh, several different communities, um, and lift all the drinking water advisories by 2021. I think there were close to 80 drinking advisories. I think the Liberals have lifted... I, I don't know, to it's be just, honest. It's just an
1: issue that never seems to go away. I think they have 30 bad.
0: or 50 more to do, yeah. and they say they're on track to do that. So, um, the, parties, um, the, um, the party's relationship with Indigenous communities were um, rocking under Stephen Harper. Um, the Assembly of First Nations is eager for a change, but little is known uh, about how Andrew Scheer would do that. He said he is eager to work with Indigenous communities, which embrace developing energy resources. He also said he'd seek a judicial review of First Nations child welfare, welfare compensation. The bloc hasn't said much. It does call itself an ally of the First Peoples and wants to fully implement the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. That was a report put up by the UN Mm Um, the Green Party thinks the Indian Act is racist and wants wants it dismantled. They would allow communities to opt out. The party wants to create a body to oversee claims and negotiations and they've promised more money for First Nations education and will implement all recommendations from the MMIWG inquiry, that's the drinking water inquiry, um, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And the PPC um, would explore ways to replace the Indian Act with a new legal framework. Um, They suggest western pipelines would present indigenous people with a golden opportunity for economic economic development and they also want to look at ways to give indigenous people's individual property rights on reserve uh, and, and bring clean drinking water to remote communities which is which is great so um drinking water um property um rights living conditions um reconciliation all seems to be within every every platform here um i just think we need a lot of work on it um you'll have i would suggest everyone go and look at these and really think about what's what is the best one um for you but look at some of these reports too to see what um third parties have said we kind of need to do and see what platform aligns with what Mm -hmm. what they say we need to kind of do I just think it's such an important thing to um, remember that we are living on this land and uh, it needs to be recognized and we need to do more. So um, anyway, so let's go on to um, jobs. Let's do jobs and technology and then we'll just give you guys a little bit of information of like <laughs> what you need to know, how to vote, where to vote, all those good things. We'll cover two more and we'll call it a day. Yeah,
1: sounds good. I, okay. um, let's do job creation and uh, immigration. Sure,
0: okay. let's
1: do it. So. Jobs. That's why we're here. We're at school to get a solid foundation um, in education for our future careers. But is there jobs waiting for you once you get out there? What What's going to to kind of propel that job market forward? How are jobs being created? What's going on with the minimum um, wage? And, you know, how, how are people going to make a living moving forward when it seems... Um, It's hard to get a job these days.
0: Can be. Yeah. Yeah. In certain industries, too. Absolutely. For sure. Um, I think, too, there's... I mean, we are sitting at the lowest um, unemployment rate, I think, right now, but it still seems that um, job security and job type seem to be a challenge too. The type of job you're getting and how secure it is and um, the length of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, um, liberals, like other parties, the liberals want to raise the minimum wage to $15 per hour. That would be mirrored with the NDP as well. They're also yeah. looking at a 15. That'd be a federal
1: minimum wage of 15? Yeah, gotcha. that's
0: what basically what they're looking at. Yeah. Um, the party promises, so this is the liberals, the party promises to create federal rules for those employed by ride sharing and similar apps. It wants to extend employment insurance sick week Um, sick benefits from 15 to 26 weeks and ensure reliable benefits for seasonal workers. That's interesting. Liberals also want to create a Canada training benefit to improve employee training. Also interesting. So um, seasonal workers are referring to workers that basically their work can only be done in certain times of the year. Um, I have... My husband is a carpenter um, and has done that for a long time um, and he was a roofer and he's basically always done some sort something with his hands. He's got yeah, a Yeah, he kind of does everything. Um, so I've known lots of people at uh, him himself who has worked in an industry that sometimes he had to go off um, all winter because there's just no work. Um, so that's um, one that really doesn't get talked about. I think, as much, and the, the benefits for those people now are just to go on EI, yeah. um, and and that, EI is a great program, but it's not an easy program, <laughs> it's, it's not
1: it's, easy accessible,
0: is it? No, it's hard to get on, you have a long wait period, I mean, I think we need to be thankful we have it, but I think we could do, there's lots of work that could be right. done in that, so, an interesting one to think about. Um, NDP proposed raising again the minimum, the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Their platform um, pledges to create three hundred thousand new jobs um, in their first term. The party also wants to ban unpaid internships if they don't count for school credit, and it will require employers spend one percent of their payroll on annual employee training. Hmm. Interesting. Um, conservatives. The conservative party is rallied against many liberal policies, claiming they threaten jobs. So, um, Andrew Shear has been a fierce advocate for struggling oil workers. The yeah. conservatives have promised to end foreign oil imports and get pipelines built, including the Trans Mountain, which they will they, they claim will create tens of thousands of jobs. It also wants to improve credential recognition to make it easier for immigrants to get jobs if they have equivalent skills. That's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I I met so many people from different countries who do have done amazing jobs in those countries and have this like high level of skill and can't do it
1: and they're driving taxis here it's
0: insane and these are the kindest smartest people and you're like how do we not recognize that why is there not a system to even start Mm -hmm. looking at it so that's that's something that to to think about The bloc says it would work to keep head offices for larger corporations in Quebec and would offer remediation agreement to SNC-Lavalin. It opposes the sale of any Quebec business to a foreign company. The party proposes a tax credit for recent graduates or immigrants who move to rural areas for jobs and wants responsibility of the temporary foreign worker program transferred to Quebec. Greens want to raise minimum wage fifteen dollars. This is so the Liberals, NDP, and Greens are all looking for that fifteen dollars yeah. minimum wage. They want to cancel the temporary foreign worker program and implement a guaranteed livable income. They uh, the party also proposed a robot tax, which would force companies to pay a tax when they replace an employee with a machine. Huh? Guaranteed livable income. I did not know that about their their platform. The yeah, mm. that's interesting. It is, yeah. I've never heard that. Hm. Wow, Green. That I don't need, I. That's such a weird to <laughs> You're me. Flumaxed. Well, it's such <laughs> an odd. How would you regulate that? Yeah, really. Anyway, I think that's interesting and kind of kind of cool because we have been well, they've, we've been talking about automation for years yes. and how that's going to take jobs. And I think we've seen a little bit of that. But again, like Canada, we're sitting at a very low unemployment rate right now, like lowest we've been. I don't even know what the year was, but it's uh, quite a while. I think it's been since the 60s. This is our Economies, lowest unemployment rate. Economy
1: is pretty strong right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it does look like there's a recession on the horizon. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens in a year. Every or couple two, of years.
0: Right? Well, that, that's that's the <laughs> flow of Blow, economics, right? That's right. It goes um, up and down. And yep. that one's just. I, I find that one very interesting um, and so PPC they don't have a full policy but basically one of the big, their biggest bigger claims or things that they've talked about um, is supply management um, and some of the challenges within supply management um, and getting rid of, of that would create thousands of jobs or yeah. open up the market basically so um, they've looked at a lot of that um, so yeah difference um, some differences across the board a lot of the minimum wage talk which has been around for quite a long yeah. time um, taxing you know the <laughs> the machine thing <laughs> interesting um i think one of the biggest interesting ones for me is um equivalent skills and a credential recognition yeah. that's something that should be looked that at should have been implemented years ago yeah i think that's very very yeah, cool absolutely. so um again and creating uh and creating more jobs within the country obviously is, yeah. is always a goal so yeah absolutely
1: okay.
0: all right let's move on to immigration so
1: let's cover our last topic here before we uh, move on. Um, Let's talk about immigration. Mm -hmm, Something mm -hmm. that uh, we are well familiar with. We have a great body of um, immigrant and foreign foreign students here at St. Lawrence College. Um, and immigration, it's so important to the further development and the growth of this country because as I said previously a few minutes ago, the general population of Canada is declining and we need immigrant families to come here move here, set up, be successful, and pay taxes to support support us. Well, not us, but support society. So it's so important. I know right now Canada lets in, I believe, three hundred to 500,000 immigrants um, annually. And I know um, some parties are planning to keep that the same, raise it, or I know there's a couple of parties who want to shrink that number. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see kind of those stances and... Um, yeah, you kind basically have all different exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: which is interesting. I mean, I'm not surprised because there, a lot of these parties have been telling us yeah. this for a long time, or kind of where they where they stand, and they're we've seen that within the house for a long time. So, um, so our liberal party would be um, looking at uh, increasing <clears throat> immigration. Um, so, in 2018, three hundred and twenty one thousand forty five immigrants came in um, in 2018. Three hundred thousand? Um, three hundred twenty one thousand, okay. yeah. Uh, and that was the largest number since the first world war. So oh, wow. for like first world war was in the late nineteen
1: fourteen 19th- to nineteen eighteen there you go history buff
0: (laughs) um yes that's a lot that's a lot of people um so that's what we did in 2018 um the party hopes to bump that number to 350,000 by 2021 um liberal immigration minister hamed hussein said he wants to accept more refugees while the liberal government has imposed measures to crack down on asylum shopping and regulate immigration consultants Interesting. Um, NDP, they don't cite a specific number, um, but the party has stressed the need to tackle applicant backlogs and prioritize family reunification, Mm -hmm. okay? It promises to regulate the immigration consultant industry and get rid of the Safe Third Country Agreement, which prevents migrants who made claims in the U.S. from making claims in Canada, okay? Okay. Um, Conservatives haven't said how many immigrants they would accept each year, but their leader, Andrew Scheer, has stressed the importance of economic immigration and prioritizing those facing true persecution. Um, Conservatives also want to crack down on illegal border crossing. They would instead promote the private sponsorship of refugees and increase refugee screening. The Bloc... The party says the Quebec National Assembly should decide how many immigrants and refugees the province accepts, not the federal government. It wants Quebec exempted from the Multiculturalism Act, like the NDP. The party wants to scrap the Safe Third Country Agreement and give Quebec veto powers over federal decisions to expel refugees um green they want to increase immigration to places that can't fill job vacancies um so more of a specific plan yep. but don't cite targets for the number they would accept the party also wants to start a discussion about climate refugees um so people affected by climate and their their origin companies that could come here based on the need based on what's happening in their climate um, the party also wants to start a discussion of uh sorry the green wants then to include um sorry I've lost my spot green wants them included as an official refugee category so so they want that category included so um, a green refugee to be part of the categories that we consider uh, and they also want to get rid of the safe third country agreement I have to look that up I don't know what that policy is or what that agreement is um, but we'll look it up and if it applies to this we'll, we'll link it for everybody um, and then the PPC believes the current immigration um, the current immigration levels are unsustainable they suggest a drop in immigration from um, the 321, the 321,000 I said before, to between 100,000 and 150,000. So, halving it. Basically. Wow. Um, they want fewer ref- refugees, too, and re- rely instead on private sponsors. It promises to designate the entire border uh, an official port of entry fence off problem areas, and send back those crossing illegally. So we have the gamut on yeah, immigration here. Left <laughs> like to the, left the right, to the spectrum, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fully. Um, and so we have basically, I think the Liberals and the NDPs and the Greens have a boastful platform to increase, you know, uh, look at different ways of accepting people in and how they would come into the country and where they would go. Mm-hmm. Um, conservatives seem to be in the middle somewhere. Like, they still have that economic... Like outlook on immigration, yeah. I think they're, but they're not saying we just, we're just gonna stop or we're gonna decrease. And then um, the block has more of the Quebec tone, which they always do, um, and want to provide the provincial government more oversight on immigration. Um, and then we have the People's Party who are looking at uh, decreasing and um, tightening it up, basically, really like tightening up that system. So yeah. the gamut yeah. on that one. Um, we are all. Immigrants. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I wanted to say that, but great point. Like we, we are all, all immigrants. at the end of the day. Yeah, we all are. My
0: family was not born in Canada. Um, I, I my dad's dad was, and his dad was, but like, Insley, that's English. I, I think it's English. Um, yeah. and my mom, so Insley, I think, is English, and my mom is weight. Yeah. So they were English. Um, so somewhere,
1: the British in Isles, Europe, yeah,
0: somewhere. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, like basically. Yeah. Most of us, unless you're an Indigenous Canadian, you you weren't. Exactly. You're an immigrant. Yep. like you were born here, but like your family came here yep. at some point. If you trace it back, you figure it out. But yeah. um, anyway, so runs the gamut on immigration. Important to note. Look at that and really know where you stand on that one because there is drastic differences in, yep. in platforms Absolutely. on this one.
1: Right. Okay, so I think we did a uh, good job of covering the uh, basic issues in, in under an hour there for you guys. Yeah. So now, Beth, um, how do I vote? <laughs> what, where do I vote? What do I bring? Let's, let's talk about that kind hey. of stuff, which which I'm sure a lot of our viewers are wondering. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and all good questions. When I turned 18, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, my, my parents were big voters and um, always municipal, provincial, federal. They never missed, and my right. dad... To this day, calls me on any election day. Did you Did you get out? When did you like? He make sure. So I grew up in a household that voting it. was important. Yeah. It was your duty. Yeah. Like as. Someone who lives in this country, that's your duty. You have to do it, and you you need to inform yourself. You need to get out there. So um, I lived in that world from a young age, so um, I always found it really important. So um, in general, um, the election is on October 21st. There are some advanced polling. I'll talk about some of that um, and different types of ways you can vote. In general, though, if you have questions about the election, anything to do with the federal election, um, you can text election to 222 Two, two. So five twos. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Text election. Two, 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 two. Um, five twos. <laughs> um, and they, um, that is uh, some sort of... Um, election toolkit um, so it's a resource and they will send you the toolkit so it basically would answer most of your questions That's easy,
1: easily accessible
0: exactly yeah. so if it, a lot of the things we're going to cover today you can probably get if you text that number so yeah. just remember that again we'll link it below so you yeah. can see it if you if you missed it um, how do I know where to vote you should have got a voter card um, so I was actually going to bring my voter card today and just I just your little slip yeah, yeah and I totally forgot yeah. um, anyway you should be getting that email mail in the mail if you're registered to vote that card would have your information and where you need to go to vote on what day it's on the 21st of October again (laughs) it's a Tuesday I believe it is a Tuesday Uh, yeah I think it's a Tuesday so you should you should get your voter card and it will tell you where to where to vote. Um, in the last election, there were seventy two thousand polling stations across mm-hmm. Canada. Um, so it will be somewhere close to you. It's usually at a church or a school, yeah, it's a community s- center. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where you would go to vote. Um, you can also vote at uh, an Elections Canada office anytime before October fifteenth at six p.m. Um, and you can find your um, office. There'll be a link in the description box. Um, you follow the link and it will tell you where your closest office is how are you eligible to vote you have to be a canadian citizen you have to be 18 years or older and you have to be registered to vote if you're not registered to vote if you don't get your card say you don't get your card if you're not registered you can go to a polling station or an election and you can register there i'm going to tell you what you need to bring to register what do i need to bring um so you need your identity your current with your current address on it so um you can bring your driver's license your passport um you need to bring um something that has your name and your address on it basically um
1: piece of mail piece of like mail that. if
0: you don't have those so i'll read you what it says you'll need something that proves your identity and your current address the easiest id to bring is a driver's license but any id that's got your photo name and address on it and has been issued by the federal government the prov- province or you, the municipality you live in so it can even be your health card if yeah. that has your you could probably put your health card with something else if you have i don't know i don't the think health
1: card has your address, uh, address.
0: Yeah. um what about the um age of majority card not sure. So, if you have one of those and has your address, basically you want to follow those rules. I don't have one of those. Are
1: you the age of majority? I am the age of I majority. Rolled, I
0: don't look it, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little older yeah. than 19. <laughs> like 20 and a half. Something like that. Um, if you don't have those, you can bring two other pieces of ID, but both must have your name on it, and one has to have your current address. This includes passports, blow donor. Dunner- Blood donor cards, birth certificates, band memberships, and dozens of other options. There is a link, it'll be in the description. You can see all the choices that you can you can bring. If you don't have an AID, if you're like, I don't have any of those things, don't worry. You can still vote. Yep. Um, you can get someone to vouch for you. So um bring a they, friend, family members, bring someone, yep. exactly, go with someone, but they must be able to prove their own identity and address. So yes. you can come with me. And I have all my stuff and I can vouch for you and, and you say yes. Vouch. And yeah. I will sign and say, Yep, this is actually Layton. He's a Canadian citizen. He's over eighteen he can vote, and I can vouch for you. So even if you don't have an ID that's actually not an issue, just plan accordingly, go with someone, bring somebody. That's awesome. That's great. Okay. Um, You should have already got your voter card. You should have had it by October 4th. If you have not, you need to um, contact an Elections Canada office. Um, (laughs) Elections.ca. Yep, and they will help you with that. Um, You can register online. Again, elections.ca. You can register that way. But again, we did say if you don't have that card, it's not the end of the world. You can register on site. Um, But if you can do it before, do it because it's a pain in the but but you can do it when you get there um how do you, i know my riding there are 338 ridings in canada um your riding you can go online and look it up again there'll be one or th- there'll be three or four links in the description box but they all basically take you to the same spot you can look your your riding right there online really easy. College,
1: we're kingston and the islands i know many of you watching and listening will not be from kingston so just make sure you double check your own home riding as you Um, Your vote cast will not be for Kingston if if you're not
0: from here. That's right. Um, There is a little bit of a difference for some students, and I'm going to go over that in a second, but basically, mostly, it's where your address is, and that's your writing, and you can look it up online. Um, What if I can't make it on election day? So there are four days of advanced polls. So that's October 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. Thanksgiving weekend there? Mm -hmm. Mm, Mm. Bring your turkey plate. Bring your turkey. Um, You can also vote at your local Elections Canada office, which I already said, during most of the election period. um, And you can apply to to do advanced voting. Um, I think you can do it online. I'm not sure if you have issues or questions about that. um, Get in touch with an Elections Canada office. um, But advanced polls October 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. How do I vote if I'm a student? It depends on which riding you choose to cast a vote. If you consider your student housing, including residents building your home, and have valid identification confirming that address, you can vote in that writing at a local polling station. Okay. So if your address, if you've changed your ID since you've lived here as a student and it says, says Kingston, you can vote here in this writing. If you're a student, if you don't have ID, ID with this address and you want to vote at your previous home, you can do it, um, via mail. Or you can head to the local Elections Canada office near your student home and vote there. Elections Canada is also running polls on 115 different campuses across the country from October 5th to the 9th. Um, So this is going to be past that by the time this goes out. We did not do one here at the college. There was one at Queen's. Um, But basically, you can vote in our riding if your ID says this address. Um, You can do that. Or you vote at your own... Uh, in your own riding the beauty of this is it's it's very close to thanksgiving and there's some advanced polls open so you should be able if you're going home you should be able to do that okay um what's the last one i want to talk about oh can i get time off work to vote yeah you can um yeah by law and the employer has to give you three consecutive hours uh while the polls are open um so you have to be able to go and vote the employer has to kind of do that um for you and um just make the request you you do have to make the request say i need to go and they should let you go don't do do the day of no like let them know (laughs) hey yeah i work tomorrow and i'm going to need to vote because i can't do it before work and i can't do it after for Whatever reason, may I please leave and go and go vote? Um, am I voting for a prime minister? This one, I remember my first <laughs> federal election that I voted in. Um, I was young. I don't remember. I was. I'd only been able to vote for a couple years, and I went in and I went and got my ballot, and I was like, I don't see. That, like, I don't see the producer. I don't, yeah, I don't see anyone's name that's been in the who news. Who is this guy? What's going on? Yeah. Um, so when you go to vote, um, you will see the people in your riding who are the representative for um, different parties. So there's Correct. different people for each riding yes. uh, under the liberals, the conservatives, the PPC, the yeah. Greens, whomever. They've, they've kind of said it is their person. And you're voting for that person because um, it's based on seats. And we're not going to get into all the details of how Canadian um, government um, works. But you're not voting for the people we've talked about here. You're you're voting for the representative in the district you, you're you're in. Okay, Correct. so that's important to note. So make sure you know those people's names so you don't get confused, like I did, and I was like, "What is happening?" Am I at the right election? I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um, can I vote? Can I go in and vote for a no? Yeah, you can, but it's counted as a rejected ballot. Um, in the last election, there were one hundred twenty thousand rejected People ballots. People who
1: marked X on no.
0: Um, they either oh. so, so if you mark more than one, that's it's a rejected, rejected ballot. ballot. If you write nothing, it's a rejected ballot. Um, if you've defaced it in any other way than marking how they've told you to mark, it's a rejected ballot. One hundred twenty thousand. One hundred twenty thousand. Wow that's yeah. a
1: lot of people taking time out of their day to go simply right so just bill.
0: just follow those rules it will tell you how to mark your ballot it will say put an x here or a chat like whatever i think it's usually an x yeah. um in a circle that's how it normally is in most federal or provincial elections um it will explain to you exactly how you need to fill it out what you need to do um your ballot is secret it is like you cannot share that with anybody. Um, you also, you cannot take a selfie with your ballot, it is against the law, yeah. do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can take photos outside of the building as soon as you step yeah. into the fire hall or school you're going to vote in, no pictures. Yep. That's, they're pretty strict about it. Um, so follow the rules on your ballot. Don't take pictures until you get out of the building or before you go in. Um, and just follow the rules so your ballot isn't rejected. For That's sure. important. Sure. Um, what are some other rules? at uh, Polling stations. If you aren't registered, you can do so when you get to your polling station. We talked about yep. that. Um, ballots are considered secret. Really important. So no one should be looking um, at your at your ballot and you shouldn't be sharing it within there. Um, as long as you are in line by the poll by the poll's closing time, you'll be able to vote, important, if you're kind of cutting uh, cutting it close. Um, candidates have representatives at polling stations, so they do keep an eye on how things are going. Um, people in Elections candidates take their job very seriously, yeah. so it is, like, you go in, and it's not, like, a place where you, like
1: yeah it's not it's not a uh, <laughs> it's not casual a
0: fun time no. <laughs> like it is a
1: serious business you it are is. you are electing the leadership for this country so yeah. y- rightfully so absolutely you're
0: yeah. going in and you're it's yeah. it's an important your civic duty like yeah. you're going in there and it's important yeah. so um you don't go in there like screaming and yelling and singing um so 170 seats um are needed um for a majority government. So there's 338 riding. So 170 of those basically are, it would be called seats. Um, that's what they need for a majority. Um, the Liberals won uh, with a majority last time with 184 In seats. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm not going to, I was going to go over what happens if no party wins a majority and how should a minority, minority work. Minority
1: governments, coalitions. It's, it's a discussion confusing. for It's confusing. Mm. It's
0: confusing. But if you are interested, again, this is a great resource. This is also put out by CBC. Um, it is like a little toolkit has a lot of information in it so if you want to learn more about how that actually works go look it up it'll be below please look at it um inform yourself but that's it like i know this is it's a lot of information but so fun i love to talk about it
1: for sure i enjoy it and we hope you guys you know in in about an hour got the information you need to be to be informed in this election and to make the right choice that matters for you and um i'm just gonna reiterate and beth will back me up on this doesn't matter who you vote for just, just vote. vote just yeah. vote yeah. um 60 percent of canadians did not vote in the last federal election could you imagine how different this country or how different that election would have been if they did everybody thinks my vote doesn't count it doesn't matter it does yeah. that proves that wrong so yeah. get out there vote exercise yeah. your right have fun with it yeah and just um just take it seriously and make it count but vote for who you want to vote for mm-hmm. and uh, party's ideologies. Wow, I can't speak. (laughs) Ideologies. Uh, uh, Thank you. Line up with you. I need a coffee. So, yeah. (laughs) Same, same.
0: Um, (laughs) Thank you, uh, (laughs) Al. We need coffee. We need coffee. Um, Thank you so much, Leighton. And I thank the podcast team for letting me do this because I am super interested in politics always have been and i'm so happy we're able to do it i hope people learn stuff um and if you have more questions about this leave us comments you can um dm uh the voice on the instagram or whatever
1: voice podcast yeah Yeah. um
0: shout out to that um check them out if you have questions or if you just want to pop up to the essay you can come up if you have questions about elections or how to vote um i hope everybody enjoyed watching this and we will see you next time.
1: Awesome. Thanks guys. Bye. Cool.